Hello and welcome to John's Author Diary for the week ending March the 14th, 2021. I have had a busy week. I've been working on Dawn of Assassins. So this is the first book in that series. I have to say I am really excited about this book. It's an absolute thrill to write. I'm really enjoying the characters, really enjoying the scenes. I'm just having a lot of fun writing it. In terms of the prequel novel, novella thing, I don't really know what to call it because it's just over 40,000 words, which is technically a novel, but I still think that's pretty short to call it a novel. But that book, anyway, is now ready. It's formatted, it's edited, it's proofread. So I'm just going to sit on it for a few weeks, maybe a month or two, and then I will send that to my newsletter, start building up a bit of a buzz about the next series. Perhaps when I have a solid draft of Dawn of Assassins ready, then I'll be able to share Birth of Assassins. I think what's interesting, at least for me, is I have written my first prologue. I've never written a prologue to a book before. I've always wanted to get straight in the story, but I felt that this one needed just about three, four hundred words just to get the spirit of the series. So it throws you in, in the magic, in the other world, in all the kind of darkness and weirdness about it. And then you go into the normal story, which obviously starts with a pair of regular characters in the normal world. So I don't know whether that will stay in the book. I'll see what my beta readers think. But I've noticed it in a few fantasy things that I've read recently. And it does work really well. It kind of gives the reader a hint of what is to come. Maybe not in that book necessarily, but in the series. And just to let readers know that, hey, there is something cool coming and it's also the first book where I have used multiple points of view. So this prologue is written from the point of view of the Master Assassin. And then I've got my main character, Fedor. He is the predominant point of view. But I've also got a secondary character. And so far I've written two scenes from her point of view when the thief gang get separated from each other. And that is working really well. I don't want to get into the realm of something like Game of Thrones where... There's a million points of view characters and it's all a bit confusing. I think that the point of view characters will be my main one and then that prologue is just a one-off and then the secondary characters, I might give the occasional scene with those but they're going to be short and sweet and they'll only do it if it is necessary for moving on the story. So I think it's just one of those take it carefully kind of things. And I've not been confident in the past to do that. I've always stuck to one point of view, one character. I've played with it on a couple of short stories. And now I feel with my writing that I'm confident enough to handle that. I feel like I've got the skills and the ability to pace it right to make it work well. And that is one thing I feel about this book, about starting it, is that it's the first time I've gone into a book and felt confident. Felt like I really know what I'm doing. And who knows, maybe in a few weeks I'll be on here going, ah, this isn't working. And it'll all be hubris. So let's see how that goes. I'm hoping I'm hoping that <laughs> confidence will remain. So the main thing to report this week, apart from the writing, is the fact that my wife and son are now back at school. Obviously, my wife's a teacher. My son, he's eight. So they're back at school. The lockdown has been slightly lifted. So that has meant that I've been able to do dictation. I've been able to get on with my work, get focused, get stuff done. So in other news then, I did a speech this week for the Morecambe and Lancaster Speakers Club. This one I did on the joys of pro wrestling. So I talked about some of the ridiculous moments that have happened in pro wrestling and why I enjoy watching it. And it's probably not what you think, so that was fun to do. 
and as ever, I'll stick that on the end of this. In terms of reading, this week I have been reading a book called Fallen Blade by John Courtney Grimwood. This is a historical fantasy novel. It's got vampires, it's got werewolves, and it's set in Venice during the 1400s. I'm really enjoying this book. I'm about an hour away from the end. It's got lots of really dark stuff, a lot of assassins and just quite horrible things going on. It's quite gritty. It's quite gruesome at points. But it's a really well-written story, really well-told. And I think I will have to go on to the next book in that series. So moving on to next week then, I'm going to carry on with Dawn of Assassins. I was listening to a podcast the other day with fantasy writer Lindsay Baroka and she talked about this idea of basically making notes about the scenes you're going to write the night before and allowing them to kind of percolate in your head when you sleep. So I've been trying that this week and that's worked really well so I'm going to carry on doing that kind of doing a bit of an expanded outline before going to bed. I'm going to try and get as much as I can get done of this book because I fully expect something to happen where either the lockdown goes back to how it was or my son's school closes again. So I am making hay while the sun shines, as they say. So until next time, cheerio. I don't know about you, but spring always brings to mind Wrestlemania. There's something about American professional wrestling with the pageantry, the pyro, the ballyhoo. It's like a pantomime with spandex. There's larger-than-life characters, colourful costumes, ridiculous storylines. It's a soap opera for men, a rope opera, if you will. I love the language of professional wrestling. Moves like the bionic elbow, the stone-cold stunner, the scorpion deathlock. I remember in school, people would find out I enjoyed wrestling and they'd go, you know, it's fake. And I, my answer was, it's obviously fake. That's what I love about it. I don't believe for a second that The Undertaker is really a dead man. And I don't believe that he can draw his magical powers from an urn. It's about the suspension of disbelief. It's the same way that you can imagine that Arnie was really a robot or that world leaders are actually shape-shifting lizards. They're characters in a TV show. But what used to fascinate me was the stuff behind the curtain, the stuff behind the scenes. You know, they're real people who perform. It used to make me think, like, what makes a grown man dress up in spandex, take a bunch of steroids and then pretend to fight. There's a litany of things that come from doing this, the broken bones, the concussions, a lot of early deaths. People who I used to like growing up, the big boss man, Rick Rude, the ultimate warrior, are no longer with us. Why did they do that? Why did they put their bodies on the line? And there's like a long history in America of this really kind of strange quasi-sport thing. And it started off... And it was a, basically a con running carnivals. And they used to refer to what you'd call fans today. They used to call them marks because they'd see, you know, convincing people to come and pay to watch this show, maybe bet a bit of money, and then they controlled it. And this led, because it was a carnival, because it was all secret, to a whole language behind it. They had things like kayfabe. That means you keep up the pretense that it's real. 
And then you talk about the characters, the baby faces, the heels. So these are good guys, bad guys. And the deeper you go into this, you realise that there's a whole subculture with its own values, morals, worldview. And when it's done well, pro wrestling can be fun. It can be entertaining, it can be full of drama and physical feats beyond what most of us certainly here can do. And at its best, we have these emotional stories about the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, primal tales of good versus evil, stories of friendship, betrayal, love, revenge. But at its worst, it can insult our intelligence. Sometimes it can be just plain offensive or illogical. But for me, and maybe this is just says more about me than anything else, but my favourite wrestling is when it's so bad it turns into something truly wonderful. There was a character, very short-lived, in the World Wrestling Federation in the 90s called Mantar. Now, this was a man-bull. He was billed as a bull. He wore a headdress that was too big to fit between the ropes. So when he climbed into the ring, he struggled, flapped around, and then he had to adjust his headdress. And he did all the things like scraping his feet like he was a bull. It was ridiculous, but it was hilarious. And then there was a character called the Shockmaster, who only made one appearance because it was that bad. And it was basically a fat guy who turned up wearing a Star Wars Stormtrooper helmet that was covered in glitter, and he fell through a wall. Now, this just caused everyone around to laugh, including all the other wrestlers, and so that character was quickly axed. And then you've got a character called Loch Ness, a man so big and scary that they named him after a Scottish lake. But my favourite has to be from the event Survivor Series in 1990, and this was built up for weeks. There was an egg that was shown on the show, this giant egg, about six foot high. I watched a TED Talk by J.J. Abrams, and he talked about this idea of the mystery box and the importance of the mystery box in storytelling. And so people were intrigued by what was in this egg. And when this thing hatched, guess what came out? It was a wrestler dressed as a turkey, and he was called the Gobbledygooker. And all he did was run around the ring doing forward rolls and flips and acrobatics, and then he ran off. And it was stupid. It was the most stupid thing I'd ever seen. But it was hilarious, and it stuck with me for more than 30 years. So all I'm saying is, is that there's more to pro wrestling than fake fights. And WrestleMania 37 is just around the corner. Mm -hmm.